0: Too many
1: movies. I watch too much TV. I have too many kids. And now we're doing a podcast. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Now recording. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. To our final special edition this Mandalorian episode of the discerning geeks portal how are you guys doing welcome back
0: I called it (laughs) (laughs) I called it so bad that's all I'm gonna say and evidently I was the only person on the planet because I'm watching like stuff on YouTube and people are like, oh, It's him. And I'm like watching this going, Wow, these guys are really good actors because I don't know why I don't, I don't, I don't. everybody <laughs> thought it was gonna be somebody different, but I'm just saying.
1: Well, that's, that's all I'm gonna a, say. That's, that's all I'm gonna say episode and then we can get into it. It's
0: Mandalorian, it's the last one. It was great, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Todd, give us the rundown, and, well, I don't know, do we, because if you give the...
0: He can't give the rundown, because if you give the rundown, he (laughs) he reveals the the spoiler that I was just talking about that you didn't want me to reveal.
2: Well, but we're also doing this a little bit late, so doesn't everybody out there know this by now? Eh,
0: maybe.
1: I think so. I think we're good. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Okay, so the
2: last episode of Season 2 is Chapter 16, The rescue. Din Den- and his allies attack Moff Gideon's ship in an, oh, yeah. in an attempt to rescue Grogu. Uh, the guest stars this week are Omid Abtahi as Dr. Pershing, Tamura yeah, Tamura Morrison as Boba Fett, Gina Carano as Cara Dune, Mercedes Vernado as Kasha Reeves, Katie Sakoff as Bo-Katan Kryze, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand, Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon And here's the big one. This is a spoiler. So if anybody out there is spoiler sensitive, might want to skip this and maybe the rest of the episode. Where's my, drum, here roll. Where's my drum roll? Here, here we go. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker.
0: Woo! I caught it, yep. baby! Sorry. <laughs>
2: And the episode is written by John Favreau, who created the show and directed by Peyton Reed, who also directed episode two. And just a little reminder, he is the director of both Ant-Man films and a native of Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Woo! North Carolina boy! Yeah! woo Doing good. That's right. North Carolina people are the only real true Star Wars fans anyway. Just saying. I
1: don't know about that. <laughs> So this was obviously an awesome episode.
0: <laughs> you think? <laughs> this is absolutely great.
1: Um, I'm curious. Does this top anybody's number ones, or what do you think?
0: This is my number one. So no, it,
1: it's, it's your number one. Oddly um,
0: enough, though, it is it is a very close. I actually, the last episode we just that we talked about, uh, that oddly enough, is my second. Okay. If I had before this one, my my favorite episode was actually the the Mayfield episode.
1: Okay. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, this was not number one for me. I think number one for me is still the Ahsoka Tano episode.
1: I think so too for me. Uh, Ugh, and, blasphemers and just barely, but um, I think I think it didn't quite be, beat that out. Yes, I loved everything that happened in this episode, but there was just a little bit kind of in the way that that episode was done made, it brings it a little bit higher to the to the top. There was some cinematography and some things in it that I just kind of keep ahead of the others. But this is a very close second for me. Very, very close second.
0: Hey, at least your dark trooper actually proved he could actually do something. Even if it was just a one-on-one fight, but I'm just saying.
1: You mean Rock'em Sock'em Robot Troopers? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: It doesn't matter. The fact that Mando fought one and barely beat him shows you that the whole, like, you know, room full of them would have been a a problem. Just saying.
1: Yeah, I'm going to save that as one of my negatives for the episode, because still the, the, the Dark Troopers did not prove me that they were very much of anything, because even the one he defeats, it took essentially like... One missile and one stab and he was done, you know, it's like, oh,
0: that's not what I saw. What are you <laughs> watching? Mando got his little ragdoll butt thrown around that dang uh, hallway. Pretty hardcore. <laughs> he even used his whistlers and, and they were all fired off and it still kept coming.
2: If it had been anybody other than a Mandalorian, yeah, they would have been dead if it weren't yeah. for the best car. Yeah. Be, who,
1: whoever would go up against a dark trooper would be screwed. That's Except what I'm saying. For one I mean, person who ends up taking out all of them.
0: Well, <laughs> well duh. Yeah, and, and him too. there's a reason why he took them all out, too. It's not like he was just like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, dark troopers, I know how to handle these. No, that's not what this was. Just saying.
2: Yeah, it's the Forest and Beskar. Those are the only two things that could hold up to the dark trooper.
0: Yes, that's right. Because R2D2 shows up and wipes out all the dark
2: troopers. Yeah actually I would like because
0: because he has had experience he is the most experienced person in Star Wars when it comes to fighting droids that is correct he's been fighting them for like you know five years before the empire and so on and so forth just saying
1: so let's before we get too far in too late (laughs) it's too late we're
0: we're, too late late.
1: um let's kind of let's let's take this apart a little bit so you know obviously we have Mando infiltrating the light cruiser they come they come up with a plan. He has the help of Boba Fett and um
0: Yes. The Marshal, everybody chick, uh, yeah. and
1: yeah. It, and, and, yeah and, thank you. Um you know, and they board the light cruiser that's you know obviously lightly manned. And it was a cool kind of plot way that they did that. You know, I love that the fact that they crashed the troop transport. Into the TIE fighter tunnel to where they couldn't launch any more TIE fighters, and then, of course, the plan was to you know kind of distract with some of them go most almost all of them going to the bridge to take control of the ship, but Mando going to disengage the dark troopers hopefully before they could really activate and become a problem, in which he pretty much does, <laughs> and then. Uh, you know kind of going to rescue baby Yoda uh, So yeah that was uh, pretty intense Pretty intense
0: However and, and you've got most of it right Except for the fact that they needed an Imperial shuttlecraft Which we should talk about Because one Imperial pilot in that Imperial shuttlecraft Runs his mouth to the wrong person mm-hmm. <laughs> And looks at You know Marshall and is all like, I was on the Death Star. I helped blow up your planet. What are you going to do? <laughs> and I just want to say that even Mando kind of looks at her. And you can just kind of tell he's like, yeah, he deserved it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they had to cash her an Imperial, Imperial, Imperial shuttle first. And, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was yeah, the Imperial was trying to rub it in. It didn't last too long. Just saying. Because she pretty much blew his face off. But, yeah good scene
1: that was a good scene
0: At, yeah. Then it start. that was a good scene because yeah. she just walks away she's like yep that's what I think about you bud Boba does uh, what most people probably consider very little in this episode but he does do an important part because uh, basically the whole trick is, is they come roaring they come roaring in like the uh, in the Imperial shuttle and uh, uh, are being chased by you know, Boba and uh, by doing that they end up uh convincing the crew that they're under attack and boba's supposed to you know be just kind of shooting at them and so that's kind of cool and then of course they launch their attack and it's a diversion it
1: was actually pretty cool because she's like you know you got to make this look real and he's like
0: um (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, he's like i'm not worried about me just make sure you can fly right
1: (laughs) and so yeah that was uh it was pretty cool um you know, okay, I will hand it to you. you know, there was a, a decent fight scene between Mando and one of the Dark Troopers. I, again, I wasn't super impressed in that they didn't do a very good job of highlighting the Dark Troopers any much more than, hey, look, they've got good armor like Mando does, so you can't just shoot them and they fall down. And there's a decent fight there. Um, you know, but then he basically just sits there and tries to punch him while well, it's kind of a neat scene. Cause he's punching him with his, in, in his helmet and his helmet withstands the blows. Um, it, you could tell that it's powerful he's, because it's like damaging the, yeah, the damaging the wall behind him.
0: It's like, man, that's going to hurt.
1: But I just wasn't that impressed with them overall. I mean, they did.
2: It's weird that their specialty is punching hard. Yeah, is that really supposed to be their main feature? I, I mean, yes, well, they have jetpacks, which that's convenient, but I I don't know if if well, these are supposed to be such great troopers. Why don't they have and their droids? Why don't they have special utilities or tools like blades or? Uh, so, or special armaments just something extra. I wanted Iron because Man you exist. know let's
1: start blasting out phasers yeah. and, and rockets that's, and that's,
0: <laughs> that's what they were uh, they were Iron Man because you know anyway it doesn't matter uh, well I mean if you think about it, it is, I guess it is Star Wars logic in which you know if you you know shoot the uh, the droid interface it, it locks or something so you need to be able to just batter a door down. now granted let's also understand that they were denting blast doors you know used to be if they closed the blast door the only thing that really got through it was a lightsaber and even then it took a while remember from like oh yeah phantom menace um and these guys are just pummeling it to the point that it's denting inward and you have to kind of sit there and think that's a lot of power um so that might be why they don't have uh the whole you know droid interfaces and that kind of thing because they don't need them Because, you know, beyond a blast door, they're pretty much going to hit it once and it's just going to break in. So I don't know.
1: Well, and it was kind of convenient that, you know, well, we have these wonderful super killer robots, but something about they drain too much power to keep them on all the time. So they basically just kind of power them up when they need them. And yet, then once you power them up, they seem pretty autonomous and just walk around and do their own thing. So it's like, why would they draw more power once they were activated? But that was kind of just a nitpick on my on my my side. Um,
0: All droids have to recharge. You know this. Remember, even C three PO shuts down for you know if you don't, if you're not needing me, I'll shut down for a while. Okay, that's what he did. Energy conservation. Star Wars is green people. <laughs> saying well black anyway
1: and then once he defeats the, the dark trooper and then he just kind of throws the rest of them out of the airlock we get the showdown between him and Moth Gideon which was cool I wasn't sure where they were going to go with that for a little bit because it Moth Gideon did a really good job almost of playing up like he was
0: no, no, I'm yeah. done with him. Yeah, I got that too. I was, I was half thinking they're gonna
1: let him go. He's really gonna, there,
0: yeah. yeah. It's like I have, I have all the blood I need. I'm good. It's like well, okay, but we should have yeah. known better.
1: And then we get a, a fight, and and I'd called this one uh, earlier on. I kind of felt like we were setting up with a Mando with the Beskar spear versus the dark oh, yeah. saber i think a lot of people kind of could see that one coming and and that was pretty cool i got to say that was a, a a pretty epic little fight there of course mando gets out on top and then we kind of run into a new dilemma cuz now he owns the dark saber and we kind of get a little bit more of the background on that as you know basically it's they treat it like the master wand in Harry Potter. You know, you have to be the one who defeated the owner in order to really wield it. I don't think that that was actually the case. You can still wield it, but really, kind of to be able to claim that you can wield it and be the ruler of Mandalorian uh, Mandalore, you have to be the one that has won it in in battle. We'll have to see where that goes kind of next season.
0: I think that's where we're headed. You think so? Definitely. Well, yeah, after what happened at the end of this one, you know, which just means Todd's like done with Mandalorian.
1: I was a little worried, especially kind of after talking about our last episode. And, you know, we didn't. I think one of the big major factors hurting that episode was that we didn't have Baby Yoda. Yeah, now you're not going
0: to have Baby Yoda. And
1: we may not have Baby Yoda much. Mm. And I'm curious what that's going to look like. What do you think, Todd?
2: Yeah, I'm worried about it, too. Uh, The one quote I took from the episode was, I'll see you again, I promise. And it's not that that's a profound quote. I just hope it's true. Because, yeah, as I said in the last episode, one of the main things that makes this show so attractive so far is the bond between Dinjarin and Baby Yoda Grogu. And if Grogu is now gone, to me, that's a huge element missing. Will it, this show still be okay? Will I still watch it? Will it still be good? Yeah, I'll still watch it. Maybe it will still be good. But if it's going to shift to Dinjarin as now the Mandalorian leader and what that means, I don't care as much. I might come to care, but I won't be going into it with as much care and concern. There's also a little bit of controversy online over that whole claim that you have to win the dark saber in combat because supposedly Bo-Katan Kryze has had the dark saber before and when she had it before, somebody just handed it to her the way Din Djarin was trying to do this time. So people are saying that there's a, a continuity problem there, and there might be, and it could be that they have gone back and kind of revised things. But I was also watching some videos online of some Star Wars experts and other people theorizing about things. And I think so far the going explanation is that more than likely that tradition has always been there. Uh, and the first time that Bo-Katan Kree's took it, Maybe she thought, oh, desperate times call for desperate me- measures, so screw tradition, and yes, I'll take it because I kind of feel like I have to. And then maybe because she didn't have a whole lot of success afterwards, maybe people started to get superstitious and feel like, oh, well, because she didn't win it in combat, it didn't work out so well. And so now that she's lost it again, she's not wanting to make that same mistake twice. So when Din Djarin is like, here, just take it, it just go ahead, I, I don't want it. She's like, I've done this before and it it screwed things up. And so she's not willing to make the same mistake twice. And I think that might be a little bit of a retcon, but at the same time, it could make sense too. Uh, But I think only people who are more familiar with her backstory, which I'm not, uh, might know for sure.
0: And we still don't know how Moff got it. We still don't know how he ended up with it. Uh, It could have been something that... uh he beat her so publicly that it's one of those things where she can't just accept, uh, show back up with it and they're going to be like, uh, how'd you get it? You know, uh, Because it, it could have been that kind of thing. Because actually, the more I think about it, you know, we've mentioned Thrawn uh, because it was name-dropped in the Ahsoka episode. That's a Thrawn move. Uh, if Thrawn was trying to help Moff Gideon to help control the Mandalorians, so to speak, um, as soon as Thrawn found out about this Darksaber, he probably would be the one that actually either arranged or figured out how Moth could beat Bo-Katan so that he would have this symbol of power uh, because that to me just sounds completely like a, 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 a Thrawn move in which he finds this cultural artifact that is just centered around the entire like power structure of the Mandalorians. And he's like, if you get a hold of that, if you beat her and you get a hold of that, you'll a lot of your problems will go away because people will look to him as being in a weird way, they'll look at him as going, well, he beat our leader. So, I mean, like, you know, he's obviously the stronger and we're all we're kind of we have that background. And so, therefore, even though we don't like it, we are going to listen, at least that kind of thing. There is a reference from Boba when they're in the cantina, when they're first recruiting bo and her crew uh, about how he's kind of laughing that they're going to go save Mandalore or, or restore Mandalore. And he's like, it's a glass planet. I mean, Uh, it's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see what goes goes forward from now, because uh, I'm pretty sure that we're all correct, that this is now going to take into a line of restoring Mando and uh, Mandalorian Mandaloria uh, in some shape, way or form. And yet all the references that we have to this is that the empire just glassed the planet. Like they totally just destroyed the whole planet. So it's one of those kind of things where, well, what does this mean? You know, was there is the planet truly all glassed? Is it just really screwed up? Um, Is it one of those where maybe there has to be a rebellion on Mandalore? And what does that mean for the new Republic? You know, uh, I'm sure they're kind of sitting there going, I don't know if it's really a good idea to have all these Mandalorians regaining their power. I mean, who knows? Uh, And then of course we still don't know what's going to happen now that baby Yoda is with a, uh, a, a certain Jedi that heard his call. Uh, which I think we need to start talking about because it's just well, awesome.
1: I will say best parts of the episode. Right, you have the scene where the X-wing fighter shows up.
0: <laughs> X-wing. All, How many? Just one. What?
1: Yeah. Oh great! We're saved. And <laughs>
0: yeah, know, and, and, yeah, great, we're saved. uh At which point, I was also sitting there going, "Okay, okay, okay." I know who flies a, an X-wing, and I called this, so it's it's it, you know, I got all excited, but then I was also like, "Crap!" I forgot what Ezra was like flying around in. It could have been an X-wing, I think, maybe. Oh, he never had an X-wing, and then I was like, "I can't remember." It's so <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, "I can't remember what color his lightsaber was either." So like. I was just nervous the whole time, but I kept thinking it was who I was, who it ended up being.
1: Well, I I did love how they played that whole thing up. Um, The X-Wing showed up and I'll be honest. I did not pick up on the X-Wing. Now I have to hand it to one of my nephews, the the other one, not Andrew that's sometimes on here, but the other one, he apparently called it as soon as he saw the X-Wing. He was like, that's Luke's X-Wing. And I was like, huh i did not pick up on it that quickly it took me until the lightsaber came out and then i knew Mm (laughs) i was like oh i know whose lightsaber that is
0: well even then it's still a little shaky because you're just seeing the color of the lightsaber and it's one of those where you're like well i mean it's not necessarily but then eventually at one point there's a nice scene where you see from behind and it's the robe figure in the lightsaber and his hand is gloved. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, well, now we definitely know who it is. And then if that doesn't convince you, just wait till it gets a close up look at the lightsaber and you're like, oh, that's Luke's lightsaber.
2: Well, yeah, they they did do it gradually because there's the X Wing. Yeah. But you know, we've seen X Wing patrols. Yep. Yeah. In, in this season, I think even last season. So it could have been one of those guys. But then we see the hooded figure on the monitor. So it's like, okay, no, it's gotta be a Jedi. And yeah, it's probably Luke. But who knows? Maybe there is another Jedi that has an X Wing. Like you said, I couldn't remember if Ezra Bridger had an X Wing or not.
0: And I can't um, remember if his lightsaber was green or blue because I was like, I think it's blue, but I'm not certain.
2: I couldn't remember either, but I looked it up online today and Ezra Bridger did have a green lightsaber. So yeah. it's possibly, it still could have been him. But then, and in fact, the first time that we see it on the monitor, it's a black and white monitor. So we still don't see the color. color. So yeah, they keep revealing it a little bit at a time. And then, like you said, once they show one hand glove, the other not, well, then it's unmistakable. Yeah. And yeah, it's gotta be Luke.
0: And it's, it's the, we're, we're sorry. We treated you like crap in the pre in the, in the sequels. We're sorry. We treated you like crap in the sequels. Here's, here's Luke as Luke. And yeah, he just goes to town and it's badassery all around. The sand. It,
1: it was pretty bad i mean he like it, it was all the jedi stuff that you want to see um, i mm-hmm. even saw a really neat comparison video between his boarding this ship and making his way to the bridge and darth vader's appearance in rogue one and they kind of mm-hmm. if you watch the two side by side it's very very similar it's, you know, lightsaber, lightsaber, kind of force throw this person, you know, lightsaber, lightsaber, choke this person, you know. And so it was a very cool. Model. He learned from this. Yeah. And, and he, you know,
0: and then force crush.
1: force crushed completely the last of the uh, dark troopers, which, okay, let's face it, you know, these guys are pretty tough because it, like I said, we're, we've seen them beating up on Mando and, and punching him and punching mm-hmm. through doors. So we know that there's a, a tough shell there, but we also kind of get to see Luke really like he needed to be portrayed.
0: Yes. Yeah. Finally. Because everybody, I think everybody has had a kind of a problem with the the sequels, regardless of what you like. Regardless of what you like about 7, 8, or 9. Luke got the shaft. I think is pretty much a general consensus on like, you know, he just didn't feel right. It wasn't. It wasn't really. I think anybody's fault, but the writers really. When it comes to the to the last three films, it just. Luke just didn't seem to got a kind of a raw deal for some reason. And it was nice to finally see a little justification here. And I actually did go back because I've totally missed it and was like, was that Mark Hamill? Was that Mark Hamill? Yes, it was. And I'm like, yay. So anyway, sorry.
2: Well, he definitely got the credit, but um, still has not been absolutely confirmed yet, whether he was on set and whether that was de-aging or whether it was just computer graphics and it was somebody totally different. Uh, there was one thing I had mentioned, I think it was the first time we recorded one of the previous episodes and then we had to re-record. but there has been a meme going online for a while about how, uh, of course I'm blanking on his name now, but the actor that plays the winter soldier in the MCU movies that he actually looks a lot like a younger version of Mark Hamill and that he could have been a stand in and who knows, maybe he was and he just didn't get credit for it. Uh, but yeah, Luke, uh, or Mark Hamill did get the credit because he at least speaks the lines, but whether he's actually there physically, I don't think has been confirmed yet, but I also have heard something about how there's a behind the scenes special that's supposed to come out in a few days, or maybe it's even out now that might explain what they did for that scene. Uh, who knows? But, uh, but that was definitely one of the better things about the episode was just, seeing luke and you're right we finally get to see him do what i think a lot of people were kind of hoping we would see mm. and if you want to, if you want to get really nitpicky because this is one thing that's crossed my mind before luke never had complete training that a lot of other jedi did and even right. if he did a lot of it happened off camera and he was basically teaching himself or maybe doing research or something like that but and we have to assume that in these past five years since return of the jedi that he's been able to increase his skill even more Yeah, somehow learning on his own or maybe finding a few Jedi scattered here and there. But, uh, but he never had complete training. So um, it does kind of make you wonder could, how possible would it be that he could do these things? But I guess we just have to hope that he was extremely motivated, that he was an extremely motivated uh, self learner and that he, he was able to learn these things and, it was cool to see him do the, that stuff, but I think one thing that was even cooler for me was R two D two because, <laughs> as I said, the the reveal of Luke was very gradual, and yeah. it wasn't a complete surprise. I was always leaning toward Ezra Bridger because I thought that would be consistent with with at, with what they've done throughout the season of introducing in live action characters that previously only existed in animation, and I thought, well, there would be one more. Also, I was skeptical that they would have Luke Skywalker because of they'd either have to use pure CGI or de-aging. And I thought, either way, it's not going to look right. And, spoiler, this is one of my nitpicks, it didn't look totally right. So I thought, maybe they wouldn't do it. And, of course, they went ahead and did it anyway. So, but because of that gradual reveal, I was like, okay, it's Luke. I get it. It's Luke. I was wrong. Okay, fine. It's Luke. And it wasn't even that big a deal. But then R2-D2, I was like, oh, wow, I almost forgot R2-D2. And so that was actually the bonus for me that was that was uh, really nice. It, that was almost more, more so a treat than having Luke Skywalker.
0: Well, the funny thing is, is if we actually really think about this from a standpoint of of um, rankings of, of, say, the three Jedi we've spoken about, Luke, Ahsoka, and Ezra. Ahsoka's above Ezra. Ezra doesn't have the training that Ahsoka does at all. I mean, he was actually trained not by Jedi, but by a Padawan. The, the person that trained him was a Padawan. He wasn't even a Jedi technically. And then when you have Ahsoka who was actually trained and she's like, I can't teach him. Then in a way, when you do think about it, Ezra really couldn't have been an option to start with because if Ahsoka turned it down based on what she said, um, unless Ezra was just prideful as all get out that he could do it. Uh, It really wouldn't have made sense. So when R2-D2 sees baby Yoda, Groku, do you guys get the impression that I did that R2 recognized him? There's no telling. It's possible.
1: I, I, I have seen it mentioned a couple of different ways. One of them is the very funny meme of R2. And he's just like, Holy crap, Luke! It's a baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And, and the other is that there. You're not going to stick, are you? There is some recognition there, and that there does that is a possibility. I, I think that that plays in That's to a cool. uh, could be a fun thing to, to that they can explore.
0: That's what I kind of got. I kind of got that that R two recognized him, as we know. Unless something happened to his memory banks when he got shot in Return of the Jedi, R2 has never had a mind wipe. He knows everything, (laughs) you know, from like episode one to now. So it's one of those where you're kind of like, yeah, you might have seen him rolling around in the temple or something one day. You'd think about it. You know, somebody was like, hey, look at this cute little baby Yoda. We're going to teach him to be a Jedi. It's going to be awesome. You know he was showed off. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a something that hopefully we'll find out more of in the future in, in one of the series somewhere. <laughs> I'll be curious to see if we're reintroduced to Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian or if it's gonna be in one of the of the, the new series that's coming out. Um and things like that. Um Go, let's go ahead because we're kind of about thirty minutes in. I do want to kind of talk about some nitpicks. I know you mentioned kind of one, Todd. I'm with you. Um, it 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 didn't look purely natural, you know, the Luke Skywalker. But I kind of was very very forgiving just because I'm kind of like, well, yeah, it's not. Hey, you can't. You're not going to have young Mark Hamill because that's there's there's that doesn't exist. We have to do something. And so I was able to forgive that. Um, But I do, I I can definitely see what you were saying. Um, I know my other biggest nitpick and I kind of already said it was, I was still disappointed in the dark troopers. I just wanted something kind of cooler out of them and that it didn't manifest for me in the way that they were portrayed in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm sure that they were, they're bad and they, they kill stuff and it was kind of a neat fight between him and Mando, but in the end, Luke killed them all, and yes, he's Luke, and that was pretty cool, um, and it gives him his moment of, again, I, I equate it to that Darth Vader moment. I don't know that we had the moment of seeing how really awesome Darth Vader was until we got it in Rogue One. You know, you get to see him every so often, kind of like have the lightsaber and kill a couple people, but not anything as cool as what he was doing when he's going through that ship. And the same thing we got here with Luke, we really get to see how truly powerful he is as a Jedi at this point, crushing people and and knocking people down and, and you cutting them up and all the whole stuff. So I think that was his moment. And I will say that was probably one of my favorite ways. I actually thought it was pretty cool how they revealed that without having to reveal that it was luke you know kind of seeing him through different monitors and different things and we see him going through the ship so they did it in a way that they could keep that reveal until the last possible moment and it also probably i'm sure helped them in not having to resort to as much of the kind of that cgi or anti-aging or or fake stuff that we see at the very end um, which i was kind of thankful for because i thought it played out pretty well watching it but what other nitpicks did you guys
0: have the sucker punch
1: the sucker punch
0: the sucker punch was it's Luke! Oh my god, it's Luke! Oh look at Luke being it! Oh it's so great! Luke's being awesome! Holy crap, it's so cool. And then they sucker punch you because then the next thing you know is you realize that baby Yoda's baby. Oh, yeah. and it's it's such I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because we've two episodes were invested in the character, if, if that's what they meant for it to happen, which probably was. But I mean, I was so emotionally invested that, that, um, when, you know, I forgot what it is. I think it's right after Luke says, uh, he's asking for your permission and he picks him up and, and not even thinking, doesn't even care, uh, he takes his helmet off. So, and I realized that's the first time baby Yoda's seen his face we've We've had two seasons, and Baby Yoda has never seen beyond the mask what his savior looks like and here they are saying goodbye and then to see the emotion that was played so well on uh Pedro's face and what was said and everything going from this great high to this. I, I cried I'm not gonna lie I, I really did I cried because it was just so to me it was just so beautiful and and so great uh, this goodbye that happened at least hopefully temporarily but this goodbye that happened that uh, it's a sucker punch because you go from this great yeah to oh this sucks <laughs> so uh, yeah it, it just made the whole episode greater I think but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a slap on the face. Because it goes from being woohoo to really quick. That's the only nitpick I have, even though it's a great nitpick. It's it's like a reverse nitpick. It's like I just didn't have to do it that way, but you know.
2: Well, that actually brings me to one positive I didn't have time for before, which is that it was a nice gesture that the Mandalorian took off his helmet for Grogu. And I'm glad that you mentioned Pedro. I I did this for the previous episode, but I forgot to do it for this one. You know, I've been mentioning the guest stars but i've been forgetting to give credit to pedro pascal for being the star of the show uh so yes pedro pascal did an excellent job you know conveying the emotion and everything and i didn't quite cry like you did but yeah it, it was emotional in fact if anything maybe a slight nitpick i would have liked it to be a little bit more emotional but at the same time it was it was still well done i guess everybody had to be very stoic and maybe it also had something to do with Luke kind of being very plain faced because of the whole de aging or CGI or whatever. But at the same time, it was a nice gesture for for Din Djarin to take off his his helmet. Uh, so then, as far as nitpicks, now this is a nitpick that really goes to all of Star Wars, but it was just super obvious in this episode, which is just how terrible and useless stormtroopers are because. Our little force of five go through the entire ship, kill practically every stormtrooper, or at the very least knock them all out, and nobody has a scratch on them. Now, granted, three of them have Mandalorian armor, which helps, but still, nobody is even hurt. I think maybe Finnick Shand might have gotten uh, grazed in the shoulder or something like that, but nobody has a has a has a, hit of, uh, a direct hit. And everybody's doing fine, but they've killed everybody else. You would think that just somewhere there would be one stormtrooper that would be able to hit something, but no. Then one of you brought up the whole thing about the dark troopers punching the door earlier. To me, that was a little bit of a nitpick because here it is it's a sliding door, but they're punching it. And I'm thinking, if you guys are super strong, try to slide the door open. That's going to be a whole lot more effective than punching it. You, you're you're not going to knock this thing off its rails more than likely. And then also once they do dent it in, how does it still slide? You think that the protrusion, the protrusion of one layer of door dipping into the, the dent of the other door would kind of cause them to not be able to open. But anyway, whatever um, that's a, a slight nitpick. Although, it would also be good if, like I said, these dark troopers also had some utility to them, to where they would just do that little astromech droid thing and like put an interface in the door, and the door would just open. That would be a whole lot easier and more efficient than trying to punch it, which was also stupid in the first place. Also, uh, so they take Moff Gideon to the bridge, and they apparently did not totally disarm him. He's like hiding a an extra gun with his cloak, and he's talking and he's manipulating. The, and I'm thinking. Okay, if you're not going to kill him, at least stun him. If you stun him, he he'll, he it would <laughs> stop him from talking, if nothing else. Uh, and then he does get that moment later where he tr- where he does try to shoot somebody, and I think somebody punches him and knocks him out. And I'm like, just if you had stunned him earlier, you wouldn't even have that problem. And then I uh, I know that Dave, you were talking about how the goodbye was very emotional, and I had this slight like, nitpick that I wish it had been even more emotional. So here's another nitpick: it was a little bit weird that. Everybody came together to help Dinjarin get the kid back, which means they are all emotionally invested. I think that was mentioned earlier too. Yet, so much of the focus is on Dinjarin, and uh, and Baby Yoda and Luke, that the, everybody else is just kind of standing there like statues. The two Mandalorians don't even take their helmets off, uh, even though it's been established that they don't really have a problem doing that. We do get one little reaction shot from Cardoon, but we don't even get a reaction shot from Finnick. And then when we see the long shot again, they're all just kind of standing there and it just felt very static. It looks, it looks like somebody else could have, you know, smiled or grinned or something when baby Yoda was going off or maybe cried or just something. I, w- I would like to ha- to have had some kind of reaction from somebody. Uh, and actually, that reminds me. Of another nitpick: talking about the two Mandalorians in the previous episode, one of my nitpicks there was that the entire episode, everything we went through, was all just so Din Djarin could go to a imperial console, at a computer console, and get the signal for Moff Gideon's ship to be able to find it, and that was the whole point of the entire episode. Uh, in this episode, when Dinjarin needs the help of the uh, of Bocatan katan and, and her companion, we don't know where they are, but somehow he does and he's able to just find them and they're there. And how did he know where they were? I, how did he have their signal? Was he telling them? Did, did he have some way of communicating with them? I I, I don't know. That was just kind of glossed over. But, uh, but yeah, so all my nitpicks, I admit, are really nitpicky. But I guess my main concern and the reason why, despite the monumental thing of Luke showing up, despite all that, one reason why this still d- is not my favorite of the season is now there's this big question of, well, now what? You know, is, is Grogu truly gone? If so, that's going to be a huge thing missing from the series for me. If this is going to turn into a, a show all about Mandalorian politics, I'm probably not going to like it as much. There again, you know, Din did say, I'll see you again, I promise. So, is that going to happen you know first or second episode next season next season that maybe they will get back together if so then maybe everything will be great uh also if we don't see Grogu again and we know from the movies that Luke's uh little Jedi college doesn't go so well does that mean there's a bad fate awaiting Grogu I don't know so now there's this looming question of now what what's next and um I don't know if I like the possible answers to that so oh and one other thing i'm not sure this counts as a nitpick but just more of a neutral observation it's been tradition that at the end of every episode we get the concept art and in this episode we didn't get it And i think it's because they want to be extra dramatic and i guess show that that this is really a chapter of this story that's coming to a close or whatever but despite that i still would have liked to have seen the concept art during the credits
0: well, there might be a reason why we didn't get concept art because there was actually a credit scene at the end of this.
2: Oh, yeah. And to clarify about the credit scene, the credit scene, and I didn't know about it. So I usually skip the credits, but then I heard somebody mention it online. So I had to go back and watch it. So I don't know if you guys knew about it, but I'll let you guys know if you didn't catch it the first time. So, yeah, that in credit scene suggests that Boba Fett and Fennec Sean go back to Tatooine they kill the right hand man of uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt, Jabba and the basically, Hutt. yeah, and basically take over Jabba Hutt's palace. Right. And there's going to be another series that was not announced in that Investor Day that that Disney did, where they announced all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something in addition to all of that called the Book, the Book of, of Boa Fett. And there was some confusion among fans at first whether the Book of Boba Fett was going to be Mandalorian Season 3, and since then, they have clarified that they are still two separate things. The problem is that the Book of Boba Fett is coming in December 2021, so unless the Mandalorian comes out even sooner, more than likely, we won't have Mandalorian Season 3 until 2022. So that's another bad thing about all this, because I don't care as much about Boba Fett, and even that we have to wait a year for, and then that might prolong
0: why, why the for a storyline even longer. Why would we not have mandalo and the Book of Boba Fett at the same time? Do they not have more than one crew, or am I saw, or am I wrong about this?
2: I don't know. And yes, they could release both at the same time, but I kind of doubt it. And I don't know whether it's true or not because I'm, I'm not. I can't remember which source it was, but I did see one headline online today where somebody was saying that Mandalorian season three is delayed until 2022. But again, I don't know whether to trust that source or not.
0: Anyway, I would like to point out that uh, obviously uh, Jabba's palace has fallen on hard times because uh, there's not that many people there anymore, which of course makes sense. you know his his translator or his premier or whatever you want to call it that took over, I guess, you know he 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 got fat on the hog, but obviously he isn't feeding his Rain guards because did anybody notice how <laughs> thin they were? <laughs>
2: Oh no, no!
0: Oh yeah! Like remember Return of the Jedi and the Gamorrean yeah. guards, the pig guys, the green guys with like the the battle axes. They were big fat, you know, uh, you know, uh, guards. Even though they were pigs, if you pay attention, and you might need to go back and watch it. But if you pay attention in the end credits, they've gotten a lot thinner. So <laughs> evidently, business is bad at Jabba's palace. <laughs> so uh, I did think it was funny. Because I was like, "Wow, those guys, those Gamergate guards are really thin. They haven't been eating as well as they used to." So anyway, to Sam.
1: So just.
0: I do like the fact that he just blasted him, like there was no talking. It was just like um, you're replaced.
1: So yeah, Todd. As I'm kind of looking and just doing a little bit of research, um, John Favreau actually on Good Morning America commented that. The season three of The Mandalorian will be after the Book of Boba Fett season. And since that's releasing the end of 2021, then The Mandalorian will be early 2022. So so it is going to kind of yeah. put a... They're not going to run co- you know, at the same time. So they'll have the Book of Boba... And then after that, we'll get the Mandalorian season three, um, which is kind of disheartening because that's longer to wait. And especially because of all the stuff that we're kind of waiting on. Um, I'm like you. That's a huge change, not having baby Yoda because we've had him for two seasons. And that was the focus, right? The whole focus of the episodes were, you know, the interaction between these two characters And how they kind of bonded and what was going on with them. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out in the future. I will say that's probably my biggest question mark and concern as well.
0: Well, maybe the delay will actually help you. Because maybe one of the reasons that it could be being delayed is to give the idea of more passage of time. So that maybe when season three of Uh, Mandalorian starts. Maybe there's been more time that's passed. They'll they'll move forward a bit where maybe a lot of that uh, haul and butt to try to figure out how to save Mando may have already been done, and they can. And it's one of those where maybe Baby Yoda comes back, but he's not necessarily a baby anymore. Just saying. never can tell.
1: Yep. So we do know because we've got now the book of Boba. We've got the Mandalorian, and, and then we've got Ashoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka, I do that every time. Ahsoka, um, having their own series, and and,
0: uh, and Obi Wan Kenobi,
1: and Obi Wan, yep. yep. And that we're going to have a lot more that we can delve into this universe and from different angles. So far, I will say that I've loved where they've gone with the Mandalorian. I, I kind of am putting a lot of faith in, in what's been going on. I hope they don't lose it, um, but I've liked it better than the, the movies. So,
0: And I think it's necessary because uh, I think we all, we all can agree that there's something wrong with seven, eight, and nine, whether, regardless of how it happened, but there's something wrong with seven, eight, and nine, even though uh, I, I will be the first one to say that I can live with nine. And I can really live with the rest of them too. It's just one of those where there there is something not right about them. And I'm hoping that these series that they're about to do, uh, Kenobi, maybe not so much, because Kenobi probably won't delve into that aspect very much because this is obviously will be during the original timeline. But I'm hoping that the Book of Boba and Ahsoka and the Mandalorian will continue to to maybe flesh out seven, eight, and nine to the point that. It'll be like I said before about how episode three gets a lot better if you watch the Clone Wars. And I'm really hoping that that's what will happen here, that a lot of the stuff you just didn't understand about why this was here and that was there and blah, 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 that maybe that'll all get sorted with the TV series so that we can actually go back and go, okay, now I can enjoy these for what they're supposed to be for (laughs) instead of just going, they ruined my childhood which that's not exactly what they did, but I'm just saying.
1: Well, we've run a little bit long, but this is the finale episode and kind of knew that there was a lot to cover here. Um, did anybody else have any other parting words of wisdoms or anything that they wanted to expand before we close out the Mandalorian? I'm just
0: waiting for John Wayne to show up. Yeah. It's, it's John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, one of them or both. That'd be great.
1: Uh, just great for me. Just the grade. Yep, well, I wanna get into their grades. I think um, you know, obviously the biggest thing I'm looking forward to, and I really hope we get there in one of the series, and I really do hope that it ties into The Mandalorian is Thrawn. I mentioned it when we in that episode when his name was mentioned. He is, you know, obviously my favorite character from the book. I've read several of the books based around him and he's just a fantastic character. So I hope we do explore that some more in the Mandalorian and not just in some of the other episodes, uh, other series, but we'll see what kind of comes of, of the new series. Uh, yeah. Todd, give us your grade for this episode.
2: Okay. I think I mentioned up at the front of the episode that this one was not my favorite. I still like the Ahsoka one better. And I gave that one an A minus. I'm going to say that this one ties as far as letter grade. So they're extremely close. This one also has an A minus, so it actually ties. I think with the episode three, which was the one where we were introduced to the other Mandalorian characters. So all three of them get A minuses, but this one would be kind of second place among the A minuses.
1: Okay, and yeah, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. You know, this is my second favorite one, the Ahsoka I gave, or the the Jedi, with the Ahsoka episode I gave a ten. This one gets a 9.5. It's right up there on its heels. They were, you know, it's not far behind. It was, it's worth watching a hundred times. And, you know, matter of fact, my encouragement is go back and watch like the last four episodes of, of season two and, and do it a couple times in a row. Cause the, that's the meat of the story and some great stuff in all of that. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, the Jedi getting a, a ten from me. And then I think the other one's got like an eight and an eight point five or nine and then a nine point five. So great episodes all the way around. Uh and Dave, what what what, what do we give this one a
0: oh this is my absolute favorite one out of the whole series. Uh the season one or season two. This is absolutely my favorite and but that's because I'm a fanboy, but and a lot of people complain about, you know, well is just gonna play up the fanboys. Yeah, well screw you. Just saying. Um I also want to say that uh, this also gives me hope. Uh, Disney has done a very good job listening to very good people that know how to create universes and to bring a lot of different characters from a lot of different avenues together. And I hope that they continue to do that with all the new episodes, with all the new TV series that they're going to do, uh, with Mando crossing into Book of Boba and Ahsoka and so on and so forth and, and the same way. Uh, to where um, I think uh, the potential for moving forward with all the new TV series that they're going to do with Star Wars, I think it's going to make it a lot really fun. I really do. And so, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good.
1: (laughs) I think I sent out the meme to you guys as soon as the episode, and we'd all watched it. I was like, you know, cameo of the year, (laughs) R2-D2. <laughs> we we yep. talked about it in the episode. You know, he looked
0: good too, didn't he? Oh my so, goodness! Oh, he was looked good, <laughs> wasn't dusty or anything. Spit shine polished. I mean, shining like a new penny. I mean, he looked great. So, I tell you what, you know, some, you can say whatever you want about old actors. I'm telling you that right now. R two man, he he's like Dick Clark
1: i'll finish this off with a really quick story i was watching this episode before work because they come out in the morning and i kind of started it before work and i got to work i was doing some things and i was finishing the episode when my other employee came in and r2 shows up and starts doing you know, the, the beep beep beep, beep boop, and they made a comment like oh is that r2d2 i was like uh, you're not watching the Mandalorian, are you? And it's like, yeah, it's like, pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, that's a big spoiler. Because, yeah, um, I thought that was, but I thought it was great because it was awesome to see Luke, but then they didn't stop there. And by having R2 there, it was great. All right, guys, it's a wrap for the Mandalorian. We'll be back to our regular scheduled episodes probably here very soon with just our Tuesday releases for our episodes going into the new year and we'll see what other kind of cool stuff we want to review and look at in the near future. I know Todd mentioned possibly some WandaVision episode reviews. So we'll have to see if we want to go that route. But you guys tell us what you think? Send us your emails at discerninggeeks at gmail.com right on our facebook page the discerning geeks portal or you can tweet at us at discerning geeks we look forward to hearing from you hope you're enjoying our episodes but give us some feedback rate us high on your um, itunes or wherever you get your podcast and make sure you share our links so others can know about us guys it has been a pleasure I've enjoyed The Mandalorian Season 2 and enjoyed talking about it with you guys and can't wait to see what Season 3 brings, even if it may be a little while in the waiting. May the Force be with you,
2: always.